Get ready for the Magic Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. That's right. Welcome in to another edition of the Magic Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com, uh, breaking down District 4 most weeks here on IdahoSports.com. My name is Brandon Bainey, and today we are joined by the man who is dazed and confused, Scott Burton. Scotty, why are you so disoriented? Oh, well, you know, we can thank our our friend, our our boss, our CEO for all of this. Um, we just went up and called all the Holt games uh, over the past weekend, me and you and Paul, and uh, we had a great time. Broadcasts were phenomenal, by the way. And if you haven't had a chance to check those out, we did something that uh, we've never done before. Nobody does. And then we had a sideline reporter coming in live with breaking action and whatever, whatever. So the three of us absolutely killed it, had a great time. The caveat to that was Paul was sick a little bit when he was there. And, um, well, I rode up with him. I roomed with him. I rode back with him. And guess who's sick now? So I'm a little dazed and confused. I'll hopped up on NyQuil or DayQuil and trying to, trying to, trying to get through my day. And... Uh, fun fact, and we were just talking about this off air, is that it, there's always something weird going on. I mean, when you when you get the three of us together, there's always something weird happening, but it's always fun. Last year at state basketball, Paul, I don't know what he ate, but he he chipped a tooth, and he was in like pain throughout the whole thing. I remember him trying to find some uh, numbing drops or something, or I was about ready to grab some pliers and just you know <laughs> fix it myself, but he chipped a tooth at state basketball. Well, we're at state football. He gets me sick. And then I'm home just feeling miserable. And I thought, you know what? What would make me feel better? A purple Skittle. Well, there's a little joke behind the purple Skittle because I always kind of make fun of like all these broadcasters from other places that show up. I want, I want sparkling water in my dressing room, whatever. So my all go-to is purple Skittles. Well, I called a game at Bishop Kelly and Logan brings me purple Skittles and baits me on the air to say purple Skittles. I fell for it big time. So he plops out these purple Skittles. It was a box of purple Skittles that Paul had gotten me. And so anyway, over the weekend when I got home, I'm thinking, I'm sick, Paul, but a purple Skittles sounds good. So I grab one out, chomp down on it and crack my stinking tooth. So it's like, Paul has hexed me and let me sit. I'm blaming him for cracking my tooth. I'm going in this afternoon to get that fixed. And it's like, holy cow. Thanks a lot. So anyway, that is why I'm dazed and confused right now. Yeah, that's uh, that's a lot to unpack there. Uh, we might have to call in Dr. <laughs> Phil me, for all of Tell me about it. <laughs> oh, my word. Yeah, um, tell me about it. So that was just like an information vomit for all of our listeners. And I apologize. But behind the scenes is a lot of fun. Yes. Are you uh, preoccupied, Brandon? I'm writing down, I'm writing down the title <laughs> of the uh, podcast. It's a lot to unpack there. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. A lot to, oh, great. Yeah. So, okay. Um, I'm ready when you are. Okay. Well, you talked about behind the scenes, speaking of behind the scenes, people might be wondering where have we been in the last two weeks? This is the first time we've done the podcast in this form. Uh, yeah. So 
Two weeks ago, I was uh, preoccupied with uh, some personal life stuff. We, so long story short, I live in Pocatello. I think most people know that, that tune in. But uh, my wife uh, got a transfer in her job. We're going to be moving to Coeur d'Alene sometime in the new year. So we were kind of taking yep. care of stuff for that two weeks ago. And I was right. going to try and squeeze in the podcast, but just, it just didn't work. And then last week, yeah. I was still kind of catching up. And we did our our live state football preview show uh, as kind of a placeholder. But now we're back with the regular Magic Valley prep cast, regular format. And it'll be that way every week moving forward. Even though I'm moving, that doesn't change anything. We'll still do the podcast. doesn't really matter where I live. As long as you still live in the Magic Valley, Scott, I think we're going to be all right. So Yeah, I, I have no plans of going anywhere, so I guess we're good. <laughs> okay, sounds good. So two weeks ago, uh, we had plans to talk about state swimming because it had just happened. And we still wanted to highlight uh, the Magic Valley athletes that went over and competed in state swim. This was uh, a couple of weeks back now, but uh, on the 4A boys side, Twin Falls took third in the team competition with 133 points. Bishop Kelly took second and the first place winner was Skyline. So that was your one, two, three. Um, we had a couple of individual winners as well. On the boys' side, Carson Reese of Twin Falls was your 100 breaststroke champion. Um, and then we had a double winner from Kimberly, which was pretty cool. Uh, Elijah Souza, he yeah. won the 50 freestyle and the 100 freestyle. Yeah, you know, Elijah Souza just tore it up. And, and uh, I mean, that's, that's impressive. You know, anytime you can come away with a state title, let alone two of them, you know, you're obviously doing something right. And so a little digging into, you know, Elijah, um, it just doesn't surprise anybody if you know the kid that he was a double state champion. He is a true student of the game. I mean, he's a kid that's going to be, you know, researching and put in the work to uh, improve his technique. You know, I mean, a lot of people, I think, look at swimming and go, well, just don't drown, <laughs> right? You know, there's so much technique to it that if you really want to be good, you've got to figure it out. And this is a kid that spends the time figuring it out. He, he critiques, he strategizes, he sets goals, and then he carries them out because he knows what he's doing because he truly is a student of the sport. And, um, you know, on top of that, the kid is very well liked. He's, he's uh, obviously, he's an athlete. He's, he's a musician. Uh, people talk very strongly about his character. He's obviously you know, good at what he does, but he gives to others, you know, and, and everybody that I talked to really had a lot of great things to say about this kid, just not about necessarily being an athlete, but about being a good person as well. Yeah, that's a, an incredible story. And it's, it, it's more impressive because Kimberly is a three, a school, but there is no three, a in swimming. It's, it's, mm -hmm. 4A and don't drown, like you said. Uh, so for, for a kid from Kimberly to go against all the, you know, Bishop Kelly, Twin Falls, Skyline, and, and yeah. knock them all back and win two events, I thought was just really incredible. No, it, it truly is. I think people need to understand that, too, that, you know, the uh, the swimming setup is a little bit different, you know, just because in, in our district down here, so to speak, I mean, it is all those schools together, whether it's Kimberly Gooding, uh, those three A's, uh, Lighthouse, part of it when they had a team. I mean, they were all part of that district down here because swimming just doesn't have that classification that most sports have. And so these, 
you know, smaller schools are, you know, they've got to up their game a little bit and their athletes have got to really perform against some of the better, bigger schools from around the state that may have uh, maybe a bit more opportunity, but you know, heck guys like Elijah just rise to the occasion. Yeah. Really awesome story for Elijah Souza, double winner from uh, Kimberly 50 freestyle, 100 freestyle, uh, Carson Reese of Twin Falls was also a, an individual champ in the 100 breaststroke. And then on the girls' side, uh, we had one individual champion as well, uh, Isabella Tanyoni from Wood River. And I hope I'm saying that name correctly. If not, somebody let me know, Brandon, at idosports.com. But uh, Isabella Tanyoni of Wood River uh, was your 100 breaststroke champion on the 4A girls' side as well. So congrats to all of our individual champs in swimming. Yep, absolutely. Great job by the Magic Valley. Good representation. Definitely. All right, let's move on to football. There weren't too many Magic Valley teams that were left when we got to championship weekend. But of course, in the eight man game, you can always you can take it to the bank. Somebody is going to yeah. be playing from the Magic Valley um, and Oakley uh, kicked it off, kicked off championship weekend last Thursday night at Holt Arena with really a game that was never close. They beat Grace for their third consecutive 1A D1 football championship by a final score of 58 to 20. Scott, you and I were on the sideline for this game. So we got to take in the game from a little bit of a different perspective. Uh, we did some pregame coaches interviews and Brennan Jones, the great head coach for Oakley said, you know, we want to, in we want to inflict violence is how he put it. And boy, did they uh, yeah. not like hurting people, but like, we're going to be physical and we're going to let them right. know that we came to play. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, he was emphatic about his game plan, too, and, and the physicality that he needed to bring, or at least his boys needed to bring, and that was number one on the list, and he said it to us twice, you know, once before the game, once coming out of the locker room, and that was one of the, the, the cool things that we were able to do with our broadcasts were to get those perspectives, you know, the pregame interviews, the walk and talks with the coach coming out of the locker room, just like they do on SPN or whatever, and, uh, and it was very cool because, I mean, that kind of stuff we wouldn't get, you know, just parking ourselves up in the booth in a game. But uh, uh, it, it gave us a little bit more insight onto what their plan was. And you could see Oakley was very physical, you know, and that was their thing. And uh, uh, we thought that this game might be the one that we called that could get out of control. And Oakley just dominated from start to finish. They are just a dang good football team. They played physical. They played violent at times, and they executed 58 points on the board. I mean, it was a good show by Oakley. Congratulations to that. Yeah. Uh, Bryce Severe was our IdahoSports.com player of the game. He ended up scoring three times, twice on the ground, and then he returned the opening kickoff of the second half, 85 yards for a score. And that was another thing Coach Jones said was, you know, Brennan Jones – or uh, Brennan Jones, uh, he said that Bryce Severe is good for – a couple of big plays per game on each side of the ball. And he had been mostly playing defense as he came back from a, from a pretty serious uh, injury. He suffered playing summer basketball, but finally they kind of unleashed him on offense in the championship game. And boy, we saw what, what he can do. And he's only a junior. So he's going to be, you know, Oakley loses a lot of really talented seniors, but Bryce Sevier is a guy that they can build around again for next year. Oh, absolutely. This is going to be a pretty good team coming back. You know, it's just kind of rebuild. It's all reload. That's right. 
Well, let's talk about the other eight-man team that was competing. This was on Friday in the 1A D2 championship game, Dietrich and Kendrick. And everybody, oh, yeah, Kendrick's so dominant. They're going to win by 40, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I think this game's going to be closer than people think. Dietrich, uh, people have been sleeping on a little bit in the regular season. And even in the preseason, Scott, you uh, you did the pregame interview with Rick Estelle, the head coach from Dietrich, and he said, hey, look, we were picked to finish third in our conference in the preseason coaches poll behind Castleford yeah. and Camus. And they, they kind of took that personally a little bit this year, didn't they? They, they certainly did. Coach Estelle made that very clear right away. Just like, you know, hey, give us something to put a chip on our shoulder about and we're going to get behind it and let it drive us. And that was something that got him going right away. I mean, when you are good and you don't get respect, then, man, that's all you need sometimes is, you know, you see a lot of talented teams that don't have motivation. Um, and then you see a lot of like less talented teams that have motivation. And that motivation is that driving force that, that separates you from everybody else. Now, I'm not saying Dietrich wasn't, they certainly were. It's just that they needed that little push disrespected and i'm not saying disrespected I, I don't mean it like that i'm just saying that you know not to be given a chance early on to be as good as they were that helped dietrich and then like you said i mean kendrick has been so dominant in this 1ad2 stuff that you know everybody thought yeah kendrick was just going to roll over people i mean they did it throughout the tournament 46 nothing over camas uh and then another 38 to 8 over castleford and they're just blowing through these Sawtooth Conference or the Southern Idaho, you know, eight-man teams. And, well, guess what? Here's another one. Here comes Dietrich. You know, what are you going to do? Are you going to roll over them too? No, that was a really good game. 42-34 was your final, and it was not really in, in decided until late. So Dietrich showed well, and Coach Estelle did a great job this year bringing his boys around uh, to compete with Kendrick and get to the state title game. Yeah, it was a wild final three minutes of regulation, Scott, where uh, Ty Kep throws a 42-yard touchdown pass to his running back, Sawyer Hewitt, for Kendrick, and and he was our IdahoSports.com player of the game. Hewitt was. Um, and that gave Kendrick uh, a 34-22 to 22 lead with just 255 to play. But Dietrich, like, just as quickly responds, Cody Power throws a screen pass to Peyton Sneddon, he takes it 69 yards to the end zone for the touchdown. And with like, you know, just over two minutes to play, Dietrich lines up to go for two, didn't get it, but they were down uh, just 34 to 28. And so we're thinking, okay, Dietrich's got a chance. They still have their timeouts. They've got to stop Kendrick though. And they, they stop Kendrick on first down. They stop Kendrick on second down. And then, Kendrick delivers what we thought at the time might be the dagger where Sawyer Hewitt busts right up the middle for a 54 yard touchdown. Nobody was home for Dietrich. And just like that, Kendrick was back in front by two scores, 42 to 28. And Kendrick was starting to celebrate a little bit. And at that point we thought, Oh man, that's so yeah. deflating because Dietrich had battled back and gotten it to within four. And then they allow a big home run on the ground. Yeah. And, but they didn't quit. You know, and that was one of the, the cool things that we saw from Dietrich was their just their resiliency. I mean, it was they were they were fighting the 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 playground bully in Kendrick, and they could have just 
said, you know what, we gave it a good shot, you know, after getting down and rolling, you know, they could just say we're done here, but they didn't, they fought until the very, very last, last minute or two. And, uh, uh, they showed some toughness and resilience. Yeah. So Dietrich's trailing at this point, 42 to 28 with just over two minutes to go. They're down two scores. Cody power starts leading them down the field. Case Robertson, you know, for 15 yards, boom, case Robertson for 20 yards, boom. All of a sudden they're down, uh, near the the goal line or actually that was the final drive but but uh cody power is leading them down the field he's completing passes and then there's this crazy pass uh to connor perkins where both the because i don't think connor perkins was the intended receiver uh the intended receiver fell down for dietrich the defensive back for kendrick fell down and perkins was there alone to make this grab uh it ends up being uh this this crazy touchdown um 42 to 34 uh, have you ever seen a play like that before, Scott, where like two guys fall down and then Connor Perkins all of a sudden is just like, oh, I'll grab it and take it. It was like a 40-yard touchdown yeah. pass to Perkins. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you just got to be in the right place at the right time and and uh, and and make sure that you you stay engaged in the play, even though if it's not going to you, you got to be ready to react. And, and it was just one of those plays that uh, – it just was bizarre. The ball bounced the right way. And if you're going to win games, you've got to have the ball bounce the right way. You know, we saw that in a couple of other games too. And I think we saw that in the four a game on, on an opening driver, a second driver, a ball just kind of got thrown up into the air and then somebody just was in the right place, snatched it out of the air and, and it ended up being a touchdown on that drive. And so, yeah, you have got to be engaged at all times. And, uh, and that was one of those plays that uh, their, their players were. So it's officially a 41-yard touchdown pass from Power to Connor Perkins, and that makes the score with 104 to play, 42 to 34. So Dietrich is down two, so they need to, and they 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 only have one timeout remaining, so they can't kick it deep. That's not an option. They have to go for the onside kick. Dietrich goes for the onside kick, Scott, and they recover it. And, and this is when Holt Arena came alive. Dietrich recovers yeah. the onside kick. And all of a sudden they've got the ball at like the Kendrick 40 with like a minute left to play like an eternity for Dietrich. What a huge play that was that onside kick. Oh, they're, they're so hard to, to do. I mean, it, it's all chance, you know, you've got to be able to get the right, I guess, force on the ball with, you know, the kicking leg, but then at the same time, it's got to take a hop and, and you can't control those hops. And you, you just got to get lucky on those. And boy, Dirk was there. But at that time, momentum had shifted big time. I mean, Kendrick had this thing won up two scores. Dietrich marched down the field. They got that 41-yard touchdown on that, that weird play. Now they have the onside kick. And you could just see Big Mo just start to shift. And right now, with about a minute and change left on the clock, it was all on the side of Dietrich. Yes, so they kicked it at a freshman for Kendrick named uh, Jack Twite. It went off his chest, and Brody Torgerson recovered the onside kick for Dietrich. And then all of a sudden, Power is like in two plays. It was like 20 yards to Case Robertson, 15 yards to Case Robertson, and Dietrich had the ball at like the 10, and there was still, you know, 40 seconds to go. And all of a sudden, yeah. we're like, man, Dietrich might score too quickly <laughs> and leave too much time for Kendrick at the other end because Dietrich had to get – not only the touchdown, but the two-point conversion. And this is when, you know, from the, the nine-yard line, Power drops back to pass. He's hit as he throws, 
and that caused the pass to be just a little bit behind the receiver. It gets intercepted by Kendrick at the goal line, and that was pretty much, you know, curtains for Dietrich at that point. But who came up with the interception for, for Kendrick? The freshman Twight, the guy who flubbed the onside kick. Yeah, yeah, we talked about that on the air. It was just like from goat to hero, and uh, and it was good for him. And you know, and I want to I want to say one thing about how tough these kids are, is that there was a, a a point in the game, and it was in the second half where where Cody Power had injured his hand. Uh, something happened on his throwing hand, right? And so he's off to the side, and I'm and I'm watching this whole thing through the binoculars just to see what what's going on, and. I mean, he was one of those things where he was looking away and they were, it almost looked like they were trying to get his finger or something back into place. Something was dislocated and and they were working on it, working on it. And I kept seeing him pull on it, pull on it. And Cody's kind of looking away and they finally got it. And I I just saw him still. And then next thing you know, he's uh, glove back on and, ran right back out onto the field before the official stopped him and said, no, you came out of the game. You're going to sit for a minute. And so after that next play, he was back in slinging it around again on something that I think got dislocated on his throwing hand that they had to pop back into place. And then he's back out there doing it. I mean, that is how tough that kid was. And, and a lot of these players are, you know, especially when, you know, and we talk about this every now and then, and I'm not saying kids from bigger schools aren't tough because they are, but there's a special kind of toughness when you get into these small towns because these kids are dealing with different types of stuff. And a lot of times games and practices for these kids are the easiest things that they're doing all day long, right? Because they're either on the farm, they're, they're doing this, they're doing that. And, uh, and it just showed in that moment right there, which spoke volumes to me, uh, the toughness of a kid uh, to get back out there and and get it done and almost lead his team to a title. Yeah, I thought it was impressive. Yeah, Cody Power is such a fun athlete to watch. Uh, you, you you hold your breath every time he drops back to pass because he could sling it downfield for a touchdown. He could take off and run for a touchdown as well. True dual threat. And so Dietrich comes up just short, but the fact that they pushed this Kendrick juggernaut to the brink of overtime, they came up a score short. I mean, it was an impressive season for Dietrich. It was their uh, second championship in the last three years. Uh, championship appearance, of course, they won the title two years ago. And um, the, Dietrich is a program that really is enjoying a nice little period here. You know, we think of Dietrich as this juggernaut, and they have been recently, but that championship that they won in 2019 was their first in school history. It's not like they're this perennial power year in, year out. So it's been nice to see Dietrich have this little run of success. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you can't say enough about Coach Estelle and and what they've been able to accomplish there at Dietrich in, in arguably, well, I don't know what's arguably, the toughest conference, you know, in the state in eight-man. Because uh, anybody that comes out of this is battle-tested. And, uh, and Kendrick, you know, I mean, they're, they're, they're the perennial favorites every year. I mean, Kendrick just has it going on, but it's going to be – somebody out of this conference that's going to challenge for a title almost every year, just because these teams and these kids down here are so good and so tough. Yep. So it's nice to see. And now Dietrich will, all those guys will get ready for basketball where they're going to duke it out with Camas County. Uh, Camas of course got to the championship game last year in boys basketball. It's going to be another juggernaut conference 
uh, there as well. So that kind of closes the book on fall sports. You know, some winter sports have already started, like girls basketball. Uh, you know, next week we'll dive into the, you know, what's going on in girls hoops early on. Kimberly looks really good. Um, you know, in 4A, uh, you're, you've got a lot of questions. You know, Burley lost a lot. Uh, Canyon Ridge looks pretty decent. Twin Falls, of course, is always solid. Um, and even at the, you know, lower levels, carry, et cetera, there's a lot of good girls basketball team. Richfield is really good. There's a lot of good girls basketball happening right now. And again, I just wish there was that separation where girls basketball just gets overshadowed a little bit at the start of the year because it runs along with the end of the football season, but is what it is. So, yeah, it does. It is what it is, you know, and it's just unfortunate, but hopefully we can, we can shed some light on some girls uh, teams and programs moving forward because there, there are some good programs here and some good athletes in the Valley. Definitely. So yeah, we'll talk girls hoops next week. And then, you know, boys basketball will be starting soon. Wrestling, of course, you know, Jerome always has one of the early season uh, tournaments in wrestling. It's kind of like a lot of coaches gauge that as, okay, the season has now officially kicked off jerome always has a very early season wrestling tournament that we can talk about down the line as well but yeah we'll we'll start getting into winter sports next week scott sound good this sounds awesome to me so i'm looking forward to you shut the door on fall sports and uh, let's get into winter all right uh happy thanksgiving as well you know that's coming up this week uh so scott happy thanksgiving Absolutely. and happy Happy Thanksgiving to all of our uh, listeners and viewers as well. If you're traveling somewhere, you know, we're thinking of you. Hopefully you get there safely, you know, to and from your Thanksgiving destination. And otherwise, we'll see you back here next week for another edition of the Magic Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com.